Hello, hello, my spiritual hot moms. Hello, my spiritual hot gals, and welcome back to the Spiritual Hot Mom Shit Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all things self-love, spirituality, wellness, law of attraction, nourishment, and tapping into your inner goddess to unapologetically create a life you love and be someone that you love. I am so excited for you guys to dive into today's new episode. It is again with my dear friend Chelsea Connors, who is... House of Nourishment on Instagram and we just dive into a conversation that we definitely did not intend to be almost two hours long and I thought about making this a two-part podcast but honestly I hate when people do that so I am just bringing you on this Monday a beautiful juicy long podcast and if you are listening to this I am sending you so much love and so much just light and almost like a hug. I always want my Monday episodes to feel inspiring and impactful and to really realign you with your power and no matter what happened over the weekend to know that today is a fresh start. Today is a new moment. You are in control of this life and even when it feels out of your control, even when it feels hard, I want you to remind remind yourself how much you are capable of. I am actually right now, I just wrapped up preparing for Lila's first birthday. We have had such a crazy past two weeks here. Um, This podcast was recorded a couple weeks ago, but we, Chelsea and I both are in kind of the heat and the thick of fire season right now. We both live in California and if you guys don't know, somehow we have horrific fires here. Chelsea just had one pretty close to her home so we both were on high alert. Her, of course, high alert for evacuation and me high alert of just being a supportive friend and you know, making sure that I can be available for my people when they're truly, truly needing me. In this podcast we also reference live Lila's first birthday, my daughter, and I, right before this, I just completed booking her first birthday trip. I was really stressing myself out over the first birthday, and we talk about it a little bit in this podcast, but I was stressing myself out from the gifts to what we do to, you know, oh, she doesn't have a ton of baby friends. Like, what do people do for the first birthday? And, you know, I've spoken about it on our Spiritual Hot Mom Shit Instagram, and it kind of feels like first birthdays can almost be like a pissing contest between mothers of like who can do the biggest thing like who can have the most people like who can get the most elaborate gifts and I have seen people's TikToks of like what I got my baby for their first birthday and I was like floored I was like that is multiple thousands of dollars go off queen and I love that for them um And so I did decide with Mr. Manifested that for Lila's first birthday, I just want to go celebrate us as a couple and celebrate Lila that we made it through the first year. Like we made it. And I was just speaking to my grandma this morning and my grandpa. And, you know, I've been just speaking with family a lot recently about like, I couldn't do it without any of them. I couldn't do it without my friends. I couldn't do it without my family. And, you know, something else that I want to share within this podcast is, you know, Chelsea is not a mom yet, but Chelsea has been one of my dearest friends since the end of my pregnancy into now a year of being a mother. And I think that there is this 
almost unsaid thing that when you become a mom, it's like, oh, you can only have mom friends or only mom friends understand. And I definitely have had those situations where you kind of are almost like, well, you're a mo- you're not a mom yet. You just don't get it. If, you know, uh, there's this one instance of coming to mind. I was like ghosted by a friend because I had to reschedule last minute because Lila was just having the hardest day and I could not separate from her. I really couldn't. She, all she wanted was mama. And I can have a full village. I can have, you know, dad be over the top supportive and just like literally be just right there by my side. I can have my family. I can have like, you know, a team of people that we hire to family, all of it. And some days at the end of the day, all that our children want is us. And I am still in a phase where I'm okay with that. And so for anyone listening to this, I want to remind you that to surround yourself with people who see you for you and that includes your mother self part of this integration and part of this like experience and transition of maiden to mother I feel like it's not just within pregnancy it's not just within birth it really is through the first year and sacred doula lauren and i actually will speak be speaking about that and we have a little ceremony for you guys in our course love yourself first mama and i'm so excited to tell you guys that we did reopen pre-sale and pre-sale is now open again so you guys can get love yourself first mama pre-sale for a third of the price so many amazing bonuses and i just had so many amazing mothers and mothers to be reaching out to me and sharing about how just the transformation and the lightness and just the love that they're already experiencing from the pre-sale time. And we've had a handful of women already reach out to us who signed up for Love Yourself First Mama with the intention of conceiving, conceiving within the next year, and they are now pregnant. And if you are one of those women listening to this, I just want to say how happy we are for you. Myself and Chelsea and Lauren have just been really speaking so much love to you guys and just speaking love over you guys and just to any woman listening to this know that you are so seen you are so loved you are so supported and you are being guided I feel like on the hardest of days it can feel like life is happening like to us and I want to remind you that life is happening for us and that feels overwhelming that can feel really triggering of like well this isn't working in my favor this isn't working in my favor and every moment that I look back on that felt like that it was simply redirecting me to where honestly I feared going so I just wanted to give you guys a little love note and remind you that love yourself first mama (sighs) my brand new course which is launching on September 22nd Lila's first birthday also the fall equinox it is still on pre-sale so you can get in for less than a hundred dollars there is over 12 modules there is meditations journal prompts rituals how to have a morning practice as a mother nighttime rituals for you as well as so many beautiful beautiful nourishing aspects mind body soul we have Chelsea who is on this podcast as a guest teacher so we go into nourishment and the nervous system and breath work and really how that ties in to motherhood how us feeling touched out and burned out and mom life really comes back to us and healing our way out of that and then of course we have some teachings and modules with my beautiful friend Lauren who is sacred doula and we have a pre-sale bonus on postpartum bliss and how to have those conversations with our friends and family um, different prompts we have a whole whole module just on 
conceiving and you know pregnancy and really going into birth there's so much in it I will not even like keep rambling because I could talk about this for hours but let's jump into today's episode with Chelsea with Chelsea it is going to literally be life-changing um if you need to listen to this in multiple parts I understand and I can't wait for this to absolutely rock you guys inner goddess realignment um make sure to send me a screenshot when you are listening to this podcast I love seeing where you guys are listening I love you I love you I love you and let's jump in goddess Yay. Okay. Well, hello, hello. Welcome everyone back to the Spiritual Hot Mom Shit Podcast. I am joined again by my dear, dear friend, Chelsea Connor, who is House of Nourishment on Instagram. And we are so excited to jump into today's conversation. If you have not listened to my first conversation with Chelsea, or you are not part of our Like Honey membership, where we did a super special bonus in there, um, I will have those linked down below. And Chelsea, I want you to introduce yourself this time because we totally skip that last time we just jumped right into literally the juiciest conversation we did yes hi everyone I'm Chelsea Chelsea Connor um my Instagram handle house of nourishment like Marissa said I've been house of nourishment for like six or seven years and really I I created it when I was in the middle of college going to school for nutritional science um and it really was just kind of like a place where I was sharing my meals, what I do in a day, um, just anything that had to do with like well-being and nourishment. And it has really transformed so much, you know, over these years and become even more than that. And now it's really just like a space where I share everything nourishment, but really focusing in on um, the foods that we eat, the way that we live our life and our nervous system, really taking into account our nervous system and yeah, so that's pretty much what I do on online. Um, I take clients, I help them with their nourishment and it's been so much fun, so. Beautiful. Well, I'm so happy to do another conversation together. And Chelsea and I actually have our course coming out together, Love Yourself First Mama, which I'm so excited to have Chelsea be a part of to really dive into the nervous system aspect to cover food and nourishment and how that really all goes hand in hand with motherhood. But in today's episode, I wanted to just kind of have a really good radiant ramble conversation with one of my dearest friends about things that we talk about all the time in our friendship, in our real life. And we are now in Virgo season, but whenever you are listening to this podcast, it is the perfect timing and finding it. God source the universe is always guiding you to what you are needing to hear. And before we jump into the Virgo season conversation, before we jump into the growing up energy and the intentions and really this juicy energy, I want to remind you guys that when you are deciding to choose yourself, when you are deciding to change your life, when you are deciding to look at your own shit to make the shifts, there are, there's going to be so much resistance in your physical and energetic body. And this is something Chelsea and I were speaking about, um, 
on the call right before we started recording. And it's something we see a lot in our one-on-one -on -one clients of even, you know, whether it's me and I have clients who they share with me that they have a hard time sticking to morning rituals. They have a hard time, you know, sticking to their inner goddess journaling practice. They are just like, I don't know how to get up and actually do this. And it's a theme that we see time and time again in the human experience. When you are about to create a radical shift, in my experience, it's almost like you have this hesitation before you like jump off a cliff, right? You have the hesitation. And I want to remind you that you can feel the hesitation. It can feel hard and you can still choose to make the change. So often and in our time of life right now, it feels like we are almost conditioned to think that the easy way is the right way. And I just think and feel so deeply that someone needs to hear that it's okay for it to, it to be hard. It is okay for it to be hard. And when your body and your mind are kind of fighting you about choosing yourself, showing up, whether it's signing up for a course or signing up for a one-on-one -on -one call, or even deciding finally to lose 10 pounds, or finally deciding to pick up the book that you've had on your nightstand forever. Like no matter what change in your life that you're wanting to make, you're going to have resistance to it because for so long you were silencing the part of you that was meant to grow and meant to expand. And, you know, something that I teach in my courses is you're always choosing either your excuses or your expansion. Anyone can find an excuse of why they don't want to meditate, why they don't want to journal, why they don't want to start their business, why they can't have the conversation with their partner, why they can't ask their boss for a raise, why they can't have help. Like we all can find a million excuses and reasons of why life has to be hard for us. And I want to remind you that you are worth choosing even when it feels hard. And it's all about choosing our hard. And I share it a lot that motherhood is the right type of hard. Motherhood is hard and I still get up every single day and I choose it. Mother Motherhood is hard and I still get up every day and make space for myself in my life. And ultimately, when we take the power back in our life of simply remembering that it's us making the decisions, we are the adult, we are the ones like creating the story, the narrative, the outcome, all of it, we get to be empowered by the power that we have. And we get to finally release the victim story of why things are just hard for us. And Chelsea, if you want to talk about the nervous system part of that, I think that could be so helpful for people. Yes. So before I get like really into that, I just want to touch on something you said um, about now us being the adults, like we're the adults now. And this is something I see so many of my clients kind of struggling with, but not realizing this is what they're struggling with. And essentially it's just that we're adults now. We are no longer children. We're no longer teenagers. We are grown as adults. You know, probably most people here listening are. And what I find is so many people that are in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s, or 30s, 40s, is that our nervous system is almost like scared to fully become the adult that we're supposed to be, like to fully grow up. And I know we're going to talk about so much more about the growing up side of things that you and I have been going through, but just to like lightly touch on it here, just really stepping up for yourself, like Marissa said, is so crucial for not just like your own mental well-being of like, okay, I did the thing, but also for your entire physical well-being, your nervous system, all of this, like your nutrition, taking care of yourself, all these things, no one else is going to do this for us. No one else is going to do this for us. 
So it is literally your responsibility to step up and become the adult that you are, because we don't need to be these like children that we, you know, a lot of us have these habits still, maybe it's your eating habits, maybe it's your habits of using your phone, you know, whatever it is, where we, we don't want to take on responsibility, we don't want to step into that, like, devoted, disciplined adult. And, you know, something we talked about yesterday, too, just you and I, privately was discipline. And I know me personally, like there is so much um, talk and almost like conditioning online in the past few years of like only doing the things that make you happy, only doing the things that bring you ease and blah, blah, blah. That is important. But we also have to fucking like, excuse my language, (laughs) do our dishes, do our laundry. Like that doesn't really give me joy, right? Like that is not something I'm like, oh my God, I cannot wait to do my dishes. But when I know, and this is something Marissa and I talk about all the time, when we get really clear on what we're devoted to and what we want in our life, those things actually can become sources of joy because I'm like, something I'm devoted to is having a home that feels safe, that feels clean, that feels clear so that I can do my work here so that I can make meals here, you know, like having a dirty or messy space, it's really hard on our even nervous system, on our brain, on our mental capacity to like think straight, to get things done. You know, if you're working from home, you're sitting at your computer, you're probably seeing that mess over there and being like, ah, I can't concentrate because I'm just thinking about that over there. I just wish things were put together. So if that is something that's important to you, and I would assume it is for probably most people because it is a nervous system thing as well to have like clean, clear spaces. When you know you're devoted to that, that's what you use to fuel the things you do in your life. That's what you use to break out of these um, fears really that we have or these overwhelms of feeling like, I don't want to do those things because they're hard. But when you know why you're doing it, that's what changes everything. And kind of getting to the nervous system side of things, you know, I have a lot of clients who talk about, um, you know, wanting to do breath work, wanting to work out more, wanting to eat better, all these things. And they will tell me, you know, I feel so overwhelmed. I feel confused, overwhelmed, um, exhausted, or I just choose bad habits instead of the habits I really want to do. And this is really kind of what we were just talking about, but on a nervous system level, this makes sense because we're in a dysregulated state when we are continuing to do these habits that we don't even want to be doing. We're kind of like stuck on almost like a record being stuck, right? And our nervous system has been trained by us that this is what feels safe. This is what feels comfortable. And remember, your nervous system is always basically looking at your surroundings, looking at your internal um, world and checking for threats of danger, even if it's perceived danger. So thought, thought danger, basically you thinking of things that are threats to your survival. So when we, you know, are like, Oh, I really want to start eating healthy. I'm going to make a healthy lunch. And then you go to eat lunch and you're like, I really want to just eat Taco Bell. And you maybe choose the Taco Bell because it feels easier. It feels safer. Your nervous system, when it starts to feel overwhelmed and it says, Ooh, we've never eaten healthy before for, for lunch. We've never done that. And so we don't, we don't want to let you do that because we want to just do what's comfortable because you've trained us. This is what's comfortable and safe. 
And so knowing that, knowing that this is also your nervous system that you have really conditioned this way, that gives us the permission and the knowledge to go, okay, I see what's happening here. What I'm gonna do now that I'm an adult and I can regulate myself, because as children, we can't regulate ourselves, but as adults, we can. So now that we have this information, we can do different things to tap into the body, tap into the nervous system and say, hey, we're safe and we're gonna make this new decision over here. And that's how we start to reprogram and stop making these old decisions that aren't serving us, that don't make us feel good, but are just comfortable and start moving into these other, other decisions that actually are great for us, even though they seem to your nervous system like they're unsafe. This is how as adults, we start to reprogram. And unfortunately as adults, it is much harder to reprogram. So it requires a lot of repetition and consistency. And that's the part that is so important. And that's the part that we have to take massive responsibility on as adults is repetition and consistency for the things we actually want in this life. Yes. And I think the other part of the energetics that I wanted to speak about was simply like taking the power back in exactly what Chelsea was saying, like, because, you know, you haven't done this before, or better yet, you have a story that you can't stick to things. You have a story that sticking to meditation practice or sticking to eating healthy is hard for you. And you only last X amount of time and you start future tripping on yourself of, oh, but I have this wedding coming up or, oh, I have this trip coming up or, oh, how am I going to do this? And X, Y, and Z your ego starts almost like literally tricking you out of your expansion. And I also want to remind people that just because you've done something one way for this long doesn't mean it has to continue. Your own toxic way of being, your own toxic habits can be your comfort zone. That can be your comfort. Your own self-sabotage can feel the safest because it is what you have done time and time and time again. And the only way way to move really out of that is through it. And part of moving through it is owning the power that you have. And what Chelsea was speaking on too, in the nervous system aspect. And, you know, if anyone's thinking of themselves, like, what do you mean? Like, what's an example of the nervous system? When Chelsea is talking about like regulating yourself, like being able to self-regulate, I want us all to think about a time when someone has told us like, oh, we need to talk. And then you go into panic mode. You go into panic mode and you need to hear from that person that you are okay, that they are okay. And that's the only way you're going to calm down because our nervous system, if we are really feeling like out of control, if we are feeling something new and like Chelsea is saying, unsafe happening, we're either going to, you know, fight, flight or freeze and really making sure that we are able to self-soothe for a lack of a better term of knowing that it all comes down to really creating a life you love and being someone you love. And part of that is being the mother that you needed to yourself, the same way that you mother your children, the same way that you show up for those little ones showing up for yourself that way. And I spoke about this in a module for like honey recently, but somebody asked me like, 
how do you do the quote unquote like aligned action? So like, you know, how do you do all the mystical manifestation and like, you know, nervous system breathwork things and the motherhood duties? And I want to remind you, this is not a like separate situation. Your motherhood experience is a spiritual practice. Your living a life you love is what you are devoted to. You taking care of yourself, your family, your house and your home is what we get to be devoted to. And nobody can tell me, oh, I'm not devoted to creating a life I love. Okay, well then you're choosing to live a miserable life if you do not want to do that. And yeah. you know, I saw someone recently speak basically on about how like cooking for your children, like that'll never be a joyful thing for you. And you can just the same way Chelsea like is not a huge fan of cleaning. The same thing for me. I am not a naturally cleaner. I'm not like an organizer. I'm not like a systems person, which we will get into. But I want to remind you that you don't have to love cooking or love cleaning to love the outcome. And it is through the journey of it that you start to embody this joy for creating something beautiful, for creating something that feels safe. Chelsea and I had the conversation in our membership and for Love Yourself First Mama. And we really spoke about how in the world right now, it feels like everything and everyone wants a quick fix, a quick answer. And the truth is that the beauty in your life is determined by your level of devotion to the long term and your own goals, your own relationship, your own healing, your own body, your own business, all of it is connected to how long-term is your devotion? Because if you're only devoted to nourishing yourself for a week, 11 days, a month, you're not going to see that much of a difference, but remembering and reminding yourself every single day that all you have to focus on is the day of uh, the day ahead of you you can literally self-sabotage your way out of your own expansion, your own growth, your own joy. If you wake up one day and you're excited about your meditation, you're excited about your workout, you're excited about the dinner that you're going to make. And then by the end of the day or even midday, you're stressing out, how am I going to do this the rest of my life? Don't even future trip yourself out of alignment. That is really what it is. Your ego is trying to take over. Yep. Yeah, I think even like some for some of my clients that are like moms and have a lot on their plate and they're like, I'm exhausted. I'm not getting enough sleep. How do I not feel this way? I remind them like, number one, this is just the season of life you're in. Like the reality is your child needs to be fed three times a night. Like that's the reality you're in. And so instead of trying to change that, accepting that's the reality and maybe maybe you don't need to take on 10 morning activities a day, you know, like maybe you pick two or three and that's what you do. So it's not so overwhelming for your nervous system and you're not burning yourself out because we know, yeah, we know that, you know, burnout is something that happens is pretty normal or not normal, but common for a lot of women, like a lot of women experience burnout and it's almost been normalized. Like you're just supposed to put yourself in front of other people, in front of your children. And of course we need to have them very high on our priority list, but you got to take care of you too. You got to fill your cup as well. So whatever that is for you, maybe just picking those two or three things and not, you know, again, not letting yourself completely stress out and like lose it over trying to get everything perfect either, you know? Perfect and balance are both illusions sold to women. So we stay buying, so we stay feeling not worthy, so we stay in this rat race of trying to be enough when our 
worthiness and our innate wisdom literally comes from within. It all is within us. And when we stop putting our idea of happiness and joy outside of ourselves, that creates a level of fulfillment and also groundedness in our life. And, you know, what Chelsea was speaking on of, you know, really making sure that, yes, your children are very high on your list and even your partner and your home, they're high on your list, but you have to be number one. And, you know, as a new mom myself, my daughter's not even a year old yet. And there are really hard days like there's hard days there's hard nights but it's all the right type of hard and when I say it's the right type of hard I mean that literally ugh, I cry thinking about it and talking about it, but thinking back to birth was the first moment that I realized like holy shit I am capable of so much more than like I ever thought possible and when you view everything in the lens of motherhood of this like divine almost like it's like a pat like it just everything is in this new energy of like holy shit like I am capable of so much more than I thought but that has to come also with this energy of knowing that you are the adult now you are the mother and there's this book that I'm reading that I keep sharing about and it's called Hunt, Gather, Parent. And something that she shares from one of the tribes that she went and lived with in um, like the Antarctic or something like that was saying about how whenever a child is upset, the parents never give them an emotional reaction back. And that how it's actually seen as immature to lash out at children. Wow. It's seen as immature to like lash out and like mm -hmm. kind of be reactive towards your child. And when she said it at first, I was like, oh, like, that's not correct. Like, that is so mean. Like, moms have emotions too. And then I was like, she's right. She's right. It is from a place of immaturity of like feeling like I'm overwhelmed in my physical body, hearing my child cry, knowing that, quote unquote, everything I'm doing is not working. Why are you not stopping? And remembering that this isn't like a Neopets. This isn't one of those Tamagotchis <laughs> that I just, I push all the right buttons and it's fixed. It's knowing that all we have to do is be the grounding love for our child to feel through what they're going through. And it doesn't have to make sense to us. The biggest thing that I tell Lila when she's like going through tantrums now is like, I hear you. I believe you. I believe you tell me. And I just let her kind of go through it. And it's not getting reactive myself and holding space for her to do that. And I share that because when she shared the piece about the immaturity and about how, you know, our job is basically like to be the adult. And I was like, this goes back to everything we've been talking about. It really is up to you, just like we started this podcast talking about. It is up to us if we are going to do the things that regulate our body, that nourish ourselves, mind, body, spirit. And ultimately, when you take this power back of reminding yourself that you are the adult, and if you're thinking to yourself, well, my boss sets my schedule or my husband does this, you have the choice to choose differently. Ultimately, you have the choice to choose differently. And 
every morning I wake up and I choose to make space for myself in my life because Lila ultimately is number one when she is awake. When she is awake, she is number one. But that doesn't mean that I ultimately throw myself out the window and I'm gone. That means that I know the moment she's awake, she's number one. So I get up before her and Mr. Manifested goes into bed with Lila to make sure she's okay. Or, you know, I have the baby camera. So sometimes I trust that. And it's really the most powerful thing you can do in your life is finally call back all your power where you gave it away to someone else. Whether you gave it away to the childhood you had and you're still bitter about how you were treated and feeling like your parents' money story is your money story or thinking that, you know, the relationship you're in is just like you're drowning and you're feeling unsupported and unseen and you do everything by yourself. No matter like how you are viewing the situation that you're in, you have more say and more control than you give yourself credit for. Absolutely. hundred percent. And I think too, just listening to what you were saying while I was listening, I was like, you know, sometimes we convince ourselves and you said this even earlier, like, oh, I'll, I'll start doing that thing later after the trip or after I have these weddings coming up or whatever. But now that we're adults and I mentioned earlier, like as adults, it is harder to create new neural pathways. So what that means is it's harder to create new habits to, to basically override these these habits we've created for so long that were created when we were children, when we were teens, whatever, it's very, it's a lot harder, I should say. It's a lot harder to create new ones now as adults. And so because of that, it's not going to get easier later. It's not going to get any easier. If anything, it's just going to get harder the longer you wait to take care of yourself, to choose yourself to do these things like Marissa was saying, like taking the 15 minutes in the morning to give to herself, to get up a little bit earlier, to take care of herself before Lila. Like if, if you have any kind of vision for your life, or maybe you don't have a vision for your life, but you see other people around you who do different things. Maybe you see, like for me, someone in my family is really good at cleaning. She's so great at keeping her house nice and in order and all these things. And for a long time, it was triggering to me. It actually like triggered me because I was just like, oh my gosh, she's so intense about it. And then I started to realize, I wish I was more like that. I wish I was like that. I'm just so not like that. And that is what started to teach me. That's what I want for my life. Maybe I'm not going to do it exactly like her, but what I want at the core of that is, is really the like self-worth and discipline to take care of my home, to have like, to be proud of my home, to have pride in my home, to infuse love into my home in that way and be so connected to my space. And so by seeing these little things that maybe, you know, trigger you or you are like, oh, I wish I was more like that. Those are the guiding lights. If you're not really like deeply connected with your intuition yet, that's okay. Start following those things because those are showing you what your soul and intuition are trying to tell you like, Hey, that's what we want. Those are the new neural pathways we want to create with you. And so when you start noticing those things and start maybe sitting with them and being like, how does that look for me? And that's when you can start deciding what you're going to start doing today, what you're going to start doing, even if it's just 1% better than you did today, start doing something 
towards that vision that you have for your life. And it goes back, you know, to what we were saying earlier about figuring out what you're devoted to, figuring out what you care about in this life and what you're going to spend every day, at least doing something 1% better than yesterday to move the needle. Like that's something Marissa and I talk about to each other all the all the time, like almost every day, we're like, okay, how are you moving the needle? What are you doing today? And I will say too, like having someone like a friend, family member, whatever it is, as almost like an accountability buddy to kind of keep you on track with these things, because sometimes our mind will convince us not to. And that's something, you know, that's a whole journey in itself too, that we kind of got to figure out. But if you have someone who you can check in with and be like, what are you doing to move the needle? Here's what I'm doing. That is such a great way, a solid way to start really making those changes in your life and not just doing it as like, we're going to do it for two weeks, like a diet, not treating it like a diet, but actually treating it as a lifestyle. Like this is now how I'm going to live my life from now on. This is how I live my life. Yeah. It's just, who are you? Like, what is the woman that you want to be? And something that I've shared really deeply with the Love Yourself First Mama course is what type of mother do you want to be? I think and feel and know that we see online so often the story and the narrative of the frumpy, burned out, bitter mom. And that is not at all how you are meant to live your life. Like women are so powerful. Women are so fucking beautiful. And I'm talking about like your essence. I am not talking about like what your hair looks like. If you have your makeup done, anything like that, but really looking at this innate power and wisdom that you have as a woman and to feel that you like when we are finding ourselves in this really resentful and bitter energy it's because you know how they say you can't pour from an empty cup well the people who are getting the last drops of your cup you are building bitterness with and it can be your child and a lot of people speak about postpartum rage and I believe in postpartum rage and I also think it's a sign of not being supported in your life of feeling really burned burned out and like you are giving, giving, giving and getting nothing back. And I want to remind you that you get to be the person who gives back to you and not waiting for someone else to make you feel safe in choosing you or waiting for someone else to give you the green light and showing up for self. And I think and feel and know too that, you know, when we really look at our lives as women and we get radically honest about where, again, are we choosing our excuses or our expansion? Like, where am I moving the needle in my life? Like, where am I progressing or where am I just staying stagnant or better yet, where am I self-sabotaging? And when we get, again, radically honest about who we want to be, versus who we are in the now, that doesn't mean who we are now is not lovable and not good enough. It means that we love ourselves enough to show up for who we're truly meant to be. We live in a very desensitized and disconnected and depressed state right now that is like how they want us to be and you know I remember seeing this thing online where it was like the greatest act of rebellion is to be you know a self-serving like self-loving nourished woman and to really show up for yourself again I will not stop saying it like being the mother that you needed when you simply like get clarity around that that brings you so much just like little clues, like little clues of awakening your inner goddess, of awakening your intuition, like Chelsea was saying. And 
we're now doing this podcast in the opposite order that I thought it would, but I really love it. So, you know, something Chelsea and I were speaking about, because you have a physical body, of course, and then you have your energetic body. You have like your aura and your intuition. And we have these beautiful mystical pieces of us that are so powerful, just as powerful as our physical body. You literally can manifest illness in your body if you are like gung-ho on something enough in your head. Um, Just a quick backstory on that, because I know when I speak about the energetic body and like our mind and the power of that, a lot of people kind of like pull resistance up to that and that's okay. But let me share a story with you. One time I was having chronic, 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 chronic pain. Like we're talking like they were testing me for like all these things. It was very bad. They had no idea what was wrong with me. And my doctor finally sat me down And she was like, you know, we're testing for everything. And she goes, I see that you're in a lot of pain. I see that you have all this inflammation in your body. You know, my uterus was like all going through all these things. And she was just like, you know, I fully believe in manifesting illness in the body. Like if you are literally feeling like something is going on, your body is going to start responding to that. And I think and feel and know Chelsea that we've even talked a lot about that, that our mind really does control so much of the body. And so something that we wanted to talk about in today's podcast episode really was like one of the best ways that you can start nourishing your body and changing your life and tapping into literally your intuition and your innate wisdom in your body is listening to the little cues of your body. And how often do you find yourself like having having to go to the bathroom and being like, oh, I'll hold it, I'll wait. Or you find yourself being thirsty and you're like, oh, I'll get it in a minute. Like I need to do X, Y, and Z. How often are you putting your basic necessities, your basic like human needs on the back burner? This is one of the first things that I started doing with myself to get reconnected with my intuition, my body, and just getting back to starting to nourish myself more deeply than what the internet was saying I needed to do to nourish myself. And so this was really like when I realized I need, I don't need more supplements. I don't need more uh, green smoothies or whatever, you know, was popular online. I need to take whatever actions I can to reconnect with me, with who I am, with what my body wants to tell me. And I remember hearing people say, you know, listen to your body, your body will tell you what it needs. And I was so disconnected from that, that I was like, I don't even know what that means, how to do that. Like I had no idea. And this was, you know, probably in 2020 when I was really learning all about the nervous system that my nervous system, it's funny you say that like you had symptoms manifesting based on maybe something going on mentally, because that's exactly what I had going on in 2020. I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was having panic attacks every day. I could not figure out why. And I do think there was a physical aspect to that, but I realized because it changed as I started getting to know myself and started to take care of myself, even just from like an energetic point, I basically started doing like breath work and, and talking differently to myself and it all went away. Of course, I don't have like proof to say that's exactly why, but for me, that was proof. That was proof. I was like, my mind is way stronger and more powerful than I even realized. 
And I do think it was possible that I was manifesting this state of emergency in my body and that it wasn't, it wasn't true for my reality outside my body. It was my nervous system thinking because I was telling it, we're not safe, something's wrong. And you know that messaging over and over, that's what it was manifesting. And so through this whole time period, I was like, how do I start connecting with what my body, not my mind, but what my body actually needs? And so again, I had no idea where to start. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to literally start by just going pee every time I feel like I have to go pee. Because I had come from, I lived in Orange County before I came up here to Northern California. And I, you know, was in school full time. I had multiple jobs. I was always in the like, go, go, go kind of fight or flight state at all times, because that's just kind of how you become conditioned in society sometimes. And I was just allowing myself to ignore my body because I was like, no, I'm working. I have to keep working. I, I can't go pee right now, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I told myself, okay, I'm just going to start listening to when I have to go to the bathroom. I'm just going to start listening to when I'm thirsty. I'm going to start listening to when I'm hungry. So just using those really simple things, I started listening to my body and I started seeing changes because not only was I listening obviously to my body and doing what my body was asking, I was starting to see, oh, okay, I can see how my body talks to me, even if it's not in English, like I might have thought, right? But I also started to build a stronger sense of trust in myself. And I realized that what was lacking so much and when I was ignoring those signs from my body, I was just pulling myself further and further away from myself, further and further disconnected from myself. And so I had almost zero trust in myself. I did not know how to connect to my intuition unless it was like a really strong gut feeling about something, which usually probably was rooted in fear actually, and not even really in my intuition, I wasn't listening to my intuition ever. I was so indecisive all the time, um, just overwhelmed all the time, all the things. And so literally starting with something that simple, if you are thinking, I don't even know how to begin listening to my body, getting back into my body, getting out of our mind, because we spend so much time overthinking and in our minds and trying to control things. If we just can figure out how to get into our body, that can change everything. And it can be as simple as listening to what simple things your body's asking you right now. And one of the things I was telling Marissa before this call, um, it's actually a post that I'm going to be making soon, is your stomach growling. Stomach growling is a key indicator that your nervous system is telling your digestive system it feels safe to eat and your body is ready to eat. That is like the perfect time to eat. And I have found in myself and so many others that sometimes we don't even have stomach growling because we're eating when we're in our car, we're in a rush, all these things. And so not only are we maybe not listening to our body when it needs things, but we're also like, we're almost like overriding. We're doing things before our body is even on board with what our mind wants to do. And that can create clashing and disconnection too. And so if we're able to listen to, again, just really small things like our stomach growling, then we're actually able to get into the rhythm of our actual body, the rhythm of our intuition and our nervous system will start to learn over and over by, listen, by you listening to those cues of your body, your nervous system starts to see with consistency that you have got it. 
that you are taking care of it. Very similar to what Marissa was saying about like remothering ourselves. This is how on a nervous system level, we start to do that. Our nervous system literally feels you communicate that to it as you consistently take care of it and listen to what it's trying to tell you. Right. And a few things on that of on the remothering aspect and thinking about what we were speaking about the immaturity and like with your child having tantrums and stuff. If we are always like in this fear state of crying or like really facing our feelings, facing when something is not feeling good. So many of us are avoidant of quote unquote bad feelings because we think that that feeling is going to ruin our whole day. We have this story and narrative that like the moment that we embrace the shadow work, the moment that we embrace like these kind of darker, deeper things, the moment we kind of admit that we're not feeling great, that it has to be this big over the top thing. And in the same way that I honor Lila's feelings and Lila's tantrums, it has given me the freedom to also do the same of to acknowledge when something is not feeling good, whether it's within myself or another person. And to really almost when you have that safeness to feel your feelings, you move through them so much faster. And it doesn't come with all this heaviness and all the weight on it of self-judgment, really, of not feeling worthy of being heard or being seen. And two, what I wanted to say is, you know, not only paying attention to, like Chelsea was saying, when you're thirsty, when you're hungry, when you have to go to the bathroom, like one of your homework assignments, one of your takeaways from this podcast should not only be listening to those little cues for just the next week, just really paying attention to that, but also pay attention. What do you do? when you're also feeling the other things of what is your go-to when you're tired? Do you let yourself rest or do you grab another cup of coffee? What do you do when you're feeling upset? Like, what is your go-to with that? Do you just scroll through your phone? What is your, like, what are your emotional and physical go-tos? Because learning those also then gives you a radical and tough love kick in the ass of where you're honestly probably self-sabotaging and you know something for me was like I have always said I will always be a caffeine girly I love caffeine I love coffee and I didn't start having coffee and stuff until much later in life when I felt like I quote-unquote needed it right and there is a heavy influence in mom culture about like wine and coffee and basically needing to stimulate ourselves for our life and to numb ourselves out for our life. So even when you find yourself wanting to grab a glass of wine and, you know, I keep making this real and then deleting it about like, are you really anxious or do you just have a glass of wine every night and you're on hormonal birth control? But that's not, neither here nor there. You know what I mean? So I'm well, just hey, Andrew, Andrew Huberman, Huberman Lab podcast, great podcast if you're into like neuroscience or anything like that. He just did a whole podcast about this and it blew my mind because he basically showed that because, you know, there's the argument that alcohol like red wine is actually good for us. It has antioxidants, blah, blah, blah. So people will kind of use that as like, well, it's okay if I have one glass of red wine. There's even lots of like, you know, the Mediterranean diet and the bulletproof diet. If people are familiar with that, they'll say it's okay if you have wine, it's actually good for you. It has reservatol. You can have it, you know, this many times a week. Just make sure it doesn't have sulfates. 
basically Andrew Huberman broke down in his podcast that there is like literally no evidence that there is even enough antioxidants, reservatol, any of that in alcohol. And that in order for us to get even like any benefit from those things, we'd have to be drinking ourselves into oblivion. And it wouldn't even be worth it because the toxicity would actually like override all of it. So it wouldn't even matter. But it is incredible, like the information he shares and how, when just how addictive alcohol is, how addictive alcohol is and how much it changes your behavior when you're sober. That's what was crazy because we know what it does when we're drinking, right? We know that it has depressive um, characteristics to it. It's gonna, it's a depressant, right? But to hear him talk about how when you're not drinking, alcohol after the fact can make you, can change your brain, can change the way you think, can change the way you act. That is what was so just mind boggling on a nervous system level too, you guys. Like it, it's not, it's just, I was even talking to my boyfriend yesterday and there was a commercial online or on the radio talking about like this wine festival that's coming up in town and they make it sound so like bougie and amazing and everyone come to this wine festival. And I was just like, it is so interesting how like normalized it is for all adults and almost like fancy for us to be drinking. And like, we don't, I don't know. It's just funny because I'm like, there's no like mushroom festivals, you know, like, you know, we could go off on that, but it's just so interesting just to see. And, you know, I really kind of just like witness it all. Um, you know, I don't drink personally. I've just chosen not to, but to be a sober person or just a person <laughs> and see how much alcohol like affects society and is so normalized it's just really interesting it's so interesting and I'm sure we could like have a whole conversation about this another day but wow but to end that topic if y'all have never read the book quit like a woman I 10 out of 10 recommend it is a life-changing book it kind of goes into how alcohol and wine specifically how they affect women and how they are literally marketed for women and mm. the, the idea of it. And as Chelsea was speaking on about how like, it's an image that is sold just the same way of like on the Instagram and TikTok trend of like matcha and green smoothies are the becoming that girl trend. And, you know, really looking at, we view women with wine as sexy and they're flirty. And, you know, in mom culture, like I was speaking about, a lot of people use it as a way of like, you know, really numbing out. And I am someone who both my parents were addicts, both of them had drinking problems. And I, all of my serious relationships and people I dated at all were the same way. And to the point where like, I, they would come home and they would like drink every night and be like, oh, you don't care if I have a drink, right? And I'm like, oh my God, no. But I didn't care because I had always been around people who like always were drinking, always were drinking. Um, and so really looking at it in the way too, of exactly like I'm saying, like next time you find yourself wanting to have a drink or having another cup of coffee, really ask yourself, like, why am I having this? Like, what is the pull here? I actually have, I'm going to share something that I was going to basically put in like a 
workshop or a training that I want to do soon um, about the nervous system and our habits and things like that. And basically, this is not a technique I created. This is a technique that like exists in the psychology world. But basically, I wanted to tell people, and I will tell you guys listening here, when you notice yourself starting to do any habits that you maybe know deep down like isn't great for you, or maybe it's a habit you actually want to change, as you go to do that habit, stop yourself. And I want you to ask yourself, Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? It's called the HALT method, okay? And asking yourself those things is going to be so key because if you said yes to one or more of those, then this habit that you've created and has become comfortable to you is a coping mechanism. It is a way that you are coping with the uncomfortable feeling that you have right now. And obviously, if you're hungry, if you're lonely, if you're tired, you could probably think of ways that are pretty easy to solve that feeling rather than picking up your phone or you know whatever the habit is that you do that you maybe want to shift. If you're angry or having a, an uncomfortable emotion of really any kind and that's why you're engaging in the habit, that's also great information because maybe there's something you can do like trying meditation, um, going for a walk, whatever it could be for you to start helping you feel that emotion and just let it wash over you and let it pass. Because emotions, like Marissa was saying, they if we don't give them a whole meaning and create all this judgment around it, biologically, an emotion is only going to last for like a minute. I think 90 seconds is like what science has decided emotions last in the body for. So if we're able to just not judge it, not attach a bunch of meaning to it, just see it, be like, okay, I acknowledge this, and I'm just going to let it go instead of trying to ignore it, instead of trying to drink it away or scroll on Instagram until it goes away and I'm distracted enough that I don't even have to think about it anymore. Because really all these things are, as you and I talk about all the time, distractions. And we're living in a time of so many distractions that it makes these like these longer term things that we do for ourselves feel so hard and unattainable. And we forget that it's these long-term things that have the most amazing payoff in the end. They, they build our confidence. They build our self-efficacy. They build our worth. All these things that are so important to be a thriving human, to be a thriving adult and woman in this world, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love all of that. And ultimately, you know, all of these things come back to choosing your heart choose what you want to be hard because creating transformation, creating healing, creating change is hard. Um, I've had a lot of people actually recently reach out to me and just have really mirrored back to me how much I've changed since I did my big move like three, three years ago, I think. And I want to point out to people that when I knew in my body that I needed to move, that I knew I had to give, give up my LA life and like, you know, make this big decision. It's not as if it was the easiest thing in the world. And I think people can look at my life now of in the mountains and I'm always at the river and I'm always with my girlfriends or with my partner or with my family. And, oh, she's just in this beautiful house. And it just happened all of a sudden. This is literally my whole twenties pretty much created where I am now. And to know that 
it didn't have to take that long. I definitely had self-sabotage in there. I definitely had like self-soothing ways in there that actually were like toxic traits. But the most healing thing that I ever did in my life was I made a decision simply based on myself, not what other people would think, not who I, you know, would disappoint or anything like that. And it was like listening to the one thing in my body that I knew for sure, but made absolutely no sense. And I bring that up because I think so many of us are operating out of autopilot and we're just doing what we've always done and we're hanging out with who we've always hung out with we're complaining about the same shit and eating the same shitty food and wondering why our life is not changing but your life is not changing because you are not changing and that doesn't mean you have to drop everything and leave your relationship and move to Bali and all these things but it's getting really solid in being honest with yourself about how am I showing up for myself how am I showing up for myself? How do I speak about myself? How do I speak about the people in my life? Like re getting really radically honest with yourself about the life that you are creating. If you're, if you literally were hearing an audio tape back about how you speak about yourself in your life, like how would that feel? And when we give ourselves that clarity and kind of even safeness to own that, so much gets to change. And so really, you know, to wrap up as we've like discussed so far that from this, I really want everyone listening to just over the next week, like really focus on following your own little cues and through that your own like body cues, your own intuition is going to start coming through. And just like Chelsea was saying, for people who feel like, you know, you're not connected to your intuition, you don't know how to listen to your body. Please know that like, I believe you. I believe you when you say that you cannot hear your intuition, that you don't know what to eat, that you don't know what you're doing. I believe you. And that's why I'm so passionate about the work that I do, because we have all been there in this space of being so consumed by everyone else's energy, everyone else's expectations of you, and just you simply silencing your own inner goddess, your own intuition for so long that it's like a muscle that you're having to kind of rebuild. You are just having to replenish your own inner voice. And so focusing on those things of just really listening to your body. And if you have an idea to go somewhere, and I just mean even like a different grocery store, if you have an idea that you want to pick up and try a new restaurant, like start listening to yourself, start really following through with your own inner voice feeling and knowing that your intuition is not always going to feel like this mystical, like over the top goddess coming to you. And it's like a soft whisper in your ear. Sometimes it's just like a full gut knowing everyone's intuition can manifest differently to them. And, you know, closing the podcast, Chelsea and I really want to talk about kind of what we have been talking about in this growing up energy. And and being women that we can trust. And all of this comes back to you being someone that you can trust. And in the energy update for September in our membership, I did share about how in Virgo season, the message that was coming through loudest for me was really this energy of follow through. Virgos are not just about like systems and like setting up really efficient ways of doing things, but they're about the follow through. And really, you know, people can speak about Virgos in this way of like they're too critical. Yes, and they're also no bullshit. So where can you be no bullshit with yourself about the life you're wanting to create? Um, and, you know, this growing up energy that I've been briefly speaking on on the podcast and Chelsea and I talked about today, 
it again goes hand in hand with being the mother that you needed. But when we say like the growing up energy, it's having that discipline. But if you're listening to this or when you heard Chelsea talk about it and discipline leaves a bad taste in your mouth, I want you to think about it in the way of maybe it's not discipline then. Maybe it's devotion. Maybe you need to ask yourself, where can I love myself enough to show up, to have the follow through, to say that I'm now willing to do the things I need to do to be who I want to be. If you've always dreamed of running your own business, but you've not even taken one step and you're saying that nothing ever works out for you, you are not working out for you. Asking ourselves, like, where am I moving and being and taking action and speaking in my favor? Where am I ending the friendships and the relationships in my favor that I know are just kind of placeholders and really holding this space too for self of how good can it be? Because I feel that a lot of people are so used to the sabotage and the suffering that that feels safe to them. So what would it be like and what would it feel like to know that you are worthy of good things happening to, but are you doing good things for you? And really with this season that we're in of the growing up energy, it's looking at our own shit. Like, where do I not feel deserving of like being consistent? Where do I not feel deserving of like surrendering and being really loved by my partner? You know, I see the narrative a lot of women and mothers complaining about their partners online. And that was a big reason I got off of TikTok. I was tired of people shitting on their lives because consuming so much of that energy is going to cause you to really start to look at your life in a critical way and not in a not in a way of discernment but in a way of almost demise you are going to start seeing problems that aren't even there because you think that that's quote-unquote normal and it's not it's not normal to shit on our partners online it's not normal to exploit our children online I think that this world that we're seeing in the online space is causing us to create more internal chaos than there needs to be and so another part of this growing up energy is really asking ourselves like where am I willing to make the shifts to be who I want to be? Yes. I love that so much. I'm Chelsea's not even like sermon right now. <laughs> I'm what? You're at a sermon right now. Literally Sunday sermon right now. I'm like, okay. Um, but it's funny because I'm not really on TikTok. So I like, don't know. I feel like I don't know what society is doing over there <laughs> and like what's happening, but it is so true. Like everything you just said, you know, if we, it's the same concept almost even of like listening to music that is, or taking in any information that isn't serving you, like, like looking at this stuff. So we're not just looking at the food we're eating. What information are you digesting? You know, because those things, even if you are like, eh, no, it's just a TikTok, whatever. Your nervous system doesn't think that. <laughs> Your nervous system's like, oh, anchoring that one in. That's true for me. Or, oh, I didn't know people cared about that. I'm going to anchor that in because I don't want to do that wrong and someone judge me that way, you know? And so it totally makes sense that if we're on apps such as TikTok and we're seeing these things become normalized or be repeated even, like repetition is what programs our nervous system. So when we're seeing people do these trends over and over, we're thinking, 
we start to take it in. We start to take it in as our own story too, even if we don't consciously mean to, logically mean to, right? And so I think just keeping that in mind that like the information you take in, the content that you look at, all of these things, of course, you know, you don't need to be like so intense that you're like never allowed to look at certain things, but be mindful, be intentional with where you're putting your attention, right? I think that's so so important and so forgotten in today's world with social media. We just, we're, we're looking at all the things. We're, we're bored. Maybe we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, right? We just want to zone out. And so we're taking in all this stuff that isn't even ours. And I will say too, like on the piece of discipline, I, I had a hard time with discipline for so many years, literally until like last year, because I judged myself not from the lens of the vision I wanted for my life, but through the lens of my parents, what they thought was appropriate for me. And so I was always trying to become quote unquote more disciplined. And you and I talked about this yesterday, but like trying to implement discipline in my life from a, from a state of shame and guilt of not being enough. And that's why it never worked. And that's why I got a bad taste in my mouth about it. That's why I started really taking in all this information online that was like, get rid of discipline, just be this like flowing feminine goddess and do whatever the fuck you want. And like, <laughs> everything gets to be so easy. I'm like, <laughs> get rid of the structure, everything, right? And honestly, for like two years, I let myself just go for it. And I will tell you, I'm glad I let myself just like, completely fall into it because I was able to see that's not what I want for my life. That is not what I want for my life. I will tell you, I was the most depressed I've like ever been in my whole life because I was just like, almost like you lose control in a way. Like you have no vision for your life. You have no intention. And so your energy is being pulled in all these different directions. You're kind of just doing whatever and nothing feels meaningful. It doesn't feel like connected to who you are. So back to what you and I were talking about yesterday is reframing discipline as rooted in self-love. And that's what you were telling me you teach in your courses. And I thought that was like so amazing because really just having that shift of looking at discipline as, as devotion, as the choice that you're making out of self-love for yourself, for your own vision and not out of guilt for not being enough for the discipline or the things that maybe your parents or your peers or whoever wants you to be. That is so key in creating who you want to be in this life. And also, you know, how we said earlier, actually creating like some sort of joy or even just like confidence from doing these things that are hard, choosing our heart, like you said, like choosing these things that, yeah, we know we're, it's going to be hard, just like working out. Working out is not easy obviously, right? Like we, if it, if it were easy, number one, everyone would be doing it. And second of all, we wouldn't be building muscle because muscle has to tear to build. It's supposed to be painful. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. And so that is just such a great visual and example to show us. Like if you want something meaningful for your life, if you have a vision, it has to come with discomfort, the discomfort of growth, of change of like, almost like ripping that apart, that that version of you that was and becoming the person that you are meant to be, that you are actually right now. 
if you will commit to yourself, choose yourself, you know? 1000%. And, you know, we speak a lot about the food aspect and nourishment in that way. And nourishment, of course, is not only just food, but for a lot of people, that is a beautiful motherfucking place to start. And really asking yourself, like being devoted to being healthier, to being healthier for yourself and for your children and wanting to choose that to feel better. And a lot of the time, so many of us like get into this space of convincing ourselves that, oh, like, you know, we lie to ourselves that we're listening to our body and then we're eating Taco Bell at two in the morning. And in all actuality, like you're allowed to crave that, but know that that's an emotional craving. That is not actually your body communicating to you. Your body is never communicating to you that they want toxic, poisonous food, you know, and that's fine. We will always go through this life. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. You are allowed to enjoy the human things. I've said it on the podcast so many times. I had a sacred slut phase. Okay. I was blowing <laughs> it up and that was not in alignment, but it was for long-term vision. <laughs> and I'm going to start reminding myself that it's okay. It was for the long-term vision. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I share that because, you know, when you really think about it, of what am I building? What is the long-term hard? And, you know, when you think about it in the way of every day of building your life and building yourself and building your body to who you want to be. And when I say body, I mean like your health and your energy and your vitality, like release all shame that you have around what you should look like and what you could look like, all these things. Fuck it. Today's day one. A lot of people comment on my body right now about how like I'm looking really good after having a baby. And I want to remind people, I have not cut out a single thing. I have not uh, like dieted in any sort of way. My only focus is like eating real food, eating real food. And a lot of people ask me about like now how I eat meat again and things. And it started in pregnancy when I found myself craving meat. And really realizing too afterward how good I felt when I ate meat and when I ate real food. And so I bring that up because I think that a lot of people still want to let their ego talk them out of the truth. And online, we kind of live in a delusional society right now. So please know that you can love your body. You can love yourself and you can still care about what you put in your body. You can care about what you put in your body and not have fear foods. You can love yourself and like have a standard of how you want to treat your body. That's what it really comes down to. And I just felt really called to talk about that because in Virgo season, it really is this energy of it reminds me of like the Ace of Swords card where it like just cuts through the bullshit and it gets to the point. And I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but there's a lot of delusion online of what is healthy and what is not. And the healthiest thing that you can do for your body, we all know, is to just eat real food. Like, what if that was just your focus? The same way of drinking water when you're thirsty and going to the bathroom when you need to. And when you find yourself feeling a little bit more worn down and tired, instead of reaching for a cup of coffee, you have an adrenal cocktail or you go do breath work outside for three minutes or you simply sit outside with your little one. 
The same way that when you find yourself wanting to take the quick, fast option, you remind yourself that you're the adult now and you're worthy of being chosen and you're worthy of being shown up for. And the time and effort that we say is just too much, you're worth it. You're worth the 15 minutes. Absolutely. I, I love what you said about like listening to your body and it not being true maybe that our body like wants Taco Bell because I actually made a post about this like a year ago because that is so prevalent in the like nutrition world is, or just, I feel like with women in general is intuitive eating and listening to our body, you know, eating, oh, well, I'm going to eat this or I'm not going to eat because my body's telling me it's not hungry. And this is like a huge thing that I do with clients is like deciphering between actually your body and what it needs and what your conditioning is telling you. And again, conditioning, like we talked about earlier, can be what we trained our body to do. If your body, like Marissa said, is used to having Taco Bell because it soothes a, a part of you, maybe like, I know for me, for example, when I was a kid, if I was sick or like, you know, didn't have to go to school, my mom would take us to get chocolate croissants at Starbucks. And so very quickly, <laughs> chocolate became my soothing thing, right? Like that's how I soothed myself. Unfortunately, you know, in my early adulthood, it ended up turning into an eating disorder because I, I didn't know how to soothe myself. I wasn't taught how to soothe myself. So as an adult, a new adult, I was like, I guess it's food. I guess it's chocolate. I guess it's peanut butter. I guess it's sweets. And so that is how, that is the only way I knew how to soothe myself. And so back, like looking back then, if I had told myself, I'm just going to eat intuitively, I'm going to listen to what my body wants. I would have literally eaten dessert all day long. And, and I think all of us know that logically that that's not nourishing, right? That's, we're not even getting protein and all these other things that we need. So it's about knowing what our bodies actually need, having that awareness, having that education and knowing that we may have created some of these habits purely out of trying to soothe a feeling, trying to soothe something inside of us that we have, and maybe we've been doing that since we were kids. And also sometimes some of these cravings that we have, quote unquote, are sometimes signs of deficiency. They're actually not, I mean, which is a good thing, right? Like if, if it's a, for example, um, a lot of people will crave sweets, um, a lot of women will create or crave sweets and feel like, oh, I just have like this terrible sweet tooth. And, and oftentimes it's just because you're, as a woman, not eating enough. When women aren't eating enough, we tend to crave a lot more sweets because our body is quite literally like, hey, we don't have enough energy. And so we're going to try and get it from you through sugar and fats, which are what a lot of desserts are, right? Because our brain knows and really our cells know that sugar is the quickest way to be provided the energy it needs. So it's kind of like looking at these things that we think are our bodies telling us intuitively what they wanna eat. And really it might just be like such, such not the information we think it is. And this is kind of like a broad way of explaining all of this, but essentially just getting back to the difference between true nourishment 
and like what you've conditioned yourself with for so long and trying to decipher between those two and really get honest with yourself about what is actually nourishment to you and what is again just like soothing right well and I think that goes back to what we were saying about devotion and discipline because in all actuality having the devotion and discipline of letting yourself feel your feelings, of creating a safe space in your body for yourself. When you do that and you find yourself wanting to emotionally eat, emotionally having a craving, if all you ever ate was chocolate croissants and you're like, well, this is what my body wants. It's like, no, that's what your energetic self wants. Like you are needing to ground your body and to feel safe. And I think another, you know, really good example of that is like, I've shared so much that like, I love fast food. I love it. But I also can be honest that like, it's trash, it's poison for you. Like, what do you mean? And um, people get so mad when I say that, where I share how these things like are literally poison for your body. And um, it goes back to, again, the masculine and the feminine in life of having this like divine masculine, the sacred structure, the discipline of it. It's also having like the logical brain and knowing that the logic is not an attack on anyone or anything like for me to say you can't just eat chocolate croissants like that's bad for you and someone saying I'm intuitively eating like this is what I want like you're attacking me you're food shaming me it's not that literally it's just a fact you know and I think being able to be in this space with yourself with self requires you to create a safe space within self of like letting yourself like be okay being like yeah I can't eat chocolate croissants the rest of my life but I can have one every now and then I mean I just ate chipotle with my daughter like I'm not a a, like you know gung-ho person of like never eat out never eat this never eat that just have the awareness of it just have the awareness of it and I think when we bring that piece back of the logic and this devotion part of letting ourselves just be honest, like everything gets to change when you're not bullshitting yourself anymore about intuitive eating. And, you know, I had to open Chelsea's eyes recently to, you know, she surrounds herself (laughs) with a bunch of nourished bitches. And I'm like, let me show you what the masses are really eating, sister. So I showed her the old YouTube, what I eat in a day world. And boy, oh boy. Are y'all in a in for a treat and love yourself first, Mama? <laughs> that got Chelsea to understand. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I want to say something too. I just thought of. I forgot to say this when I was talking about um, eating intuitively, but maybe one day we could do like a whole episode on this. But basically, just the phenomenon of women not craving meat and you know you said you did actually start craving meat in pregnancy which makes a lot of sense for many Mm -hmm. reasons but this has been a topic that's been like so hot in my mind because I'm like where did this begin how did this begin why did why did this happen right because we know that animal food products are highly crucial for us to get so many of the nutrients that we literally need to survive, especially as women, especially if we are creating other humans, if we're pregnant, right? Um, And one of the things I wanted to mention was a lot of women think that intuitively their body doesn't want meat. They're like, I just don't crave meat. It like grosses me out. It makes me feel nauseous, blah, blah, blah. Or some even say, I can't digest it. It gives me a stomach ache, makes me bloated. 
And something that I learned years ago from a mentor was that a lot of times when we're not craving meat, and this is again, knowing that these foods are crucial for our well-being, it can be actually a deficiency in zinc. And that's just one thing. It can be many different things, but a huge one that so many people I don't even think know is that this can be a sign of zinc deficiency because when our zinc is low, our stomach acid actually can't be produced to the level that it needs to be because zinc is so crucial. It's a crucial ingredient in making our stomach acid. So when we don't have enough zinc, which comes from animal foods, it can come from other foods, but really the bioavailable form comes from animal foods. So when we don't have that there, our body can't make the stomach acid it needs. And so our body literally knows it can't digest meat. It can't digest it and it can't pull the nutrients it needs out of it. So our body is so smart that it literally tells us, I don't want that because I can't digest that. We can't break that down right now. And then in our mind, we think, oh, it's because I don't need it because I don't like it because my body's telling me I don't want that. Like I'm not even craving that. And this is like another example of just where we think we're eating intuitively, but really it, on a deeper level, it's like telling us something completely different. It could be right. And so I just find that example so incredibly interesting because I had no idea it was something as simple as zinc, of course, right? And how many women might not realize that that's all it is? It's just zinc. What if that's the only thing you changed and then you were like, oh my gosh, I can digest meat now. Oh my gosh, I actually crave meat now. And what if that, adding that into your life and then starting to eat animal foods, what if that completely changed everything for you? You start feeling like you have energy. Um, your, Your mental health improves. Your hormones improve. All these things that are really dependent on those, especially fat soluble vitamins. And then of course, protein that we get from animal foods. Okay, so we have to do a whole podcast episode about this because, <laughs> because something, and I don't know if you would have heard much about this, but for all my spiritual hot moms listening, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone tells you about pregnancy cravings. Nobody talks about postpartum cravings. And I want to share my own theory and we can briefly touch on this and we'll do a whole separate podcast episode about the meat eating thing and really food in general, because I get a lot of questions about now I eat meat and what is that like and all these things. But I, when I tell you bitch that I have never craved meat more than in like the postpartum days, probably from like like literally my, the dinner that they serve you in the hospital is like a steak, like a steak dinner. So I had a bite to James and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to like clear it up, it's not that my body never craved meat. And I had this conversation with Chelsea when I was pregnant and she shared this piece of information with me about the zinc thing. And my issue was never with, like, I was always the plant-based princess who was like, no, meat is delicious. That is not my issue. Meat is delicious. Anyone who says they don't like it, I think they're lying and lying to themselves. My issue was like the emotional issue behind it. And that still is choosing emotional ways of eating. So that's for a different topic. But with postpartum, you find yourself eating so much more. And in pregnancy, you finally feel safe to eat more and to finally start eating these things that you thought you couldn't. And you feel safer to kind of start eating more because you're having a baby. And then in postpartum with breastfeeding, you find yourself eating more and you know, you're tired. So you're eating more. 
in all actuality, I, cause I was eating like a rotisserie chicken, a whole rotisserie chicken, like every other day, like it was a thing. And for the first time it felt like I really, cause I would always crave meat before, but it, I wouldn't necessarily know what I wanted. I just knew I wanted meat, you know, but this was like full 10,000%. I need a rotisserie chicken, you know? And I think all that comes down to is exactly what I have felt the past, you know, now 11 months of, I didn't realize how much I was starving myself. I did not realize how much I was not eating. And with pregnancy and with postpartum, you're, you know, you're eating more, you're hopefully paying attention to like nutrients you're getting and taking your vitamins. And, you know, we care about our breast milk. So we're making sure we're getting all these things in. And I was like, holy shit, like this is what it feels like to have energy from food. So we'll save that for another topic because I genuinely believe my rotisserie chicken craving was simply like my body having enough nutrients in it where it felt a real craving. Um, But now wrapping all this up and I would love for Chelsea and I to share with you guys some things that we are doing right now in this being the adult being the mother that you needed, growing up energy of Virgo season. And I shared briefly about the systems and the sacred structure and things like that. And I want to remind you guys that in our course, Love Yourself First Mama, we dive very deeply into everything that we talked about, even like more. So if you're even thinking that one piece of this stood out to you, the course will blow your mind. But when we so in this time where Chelsea and I have really been focusing on again, this growing up energy, I, for myself, had to realize, and I kept wanting to say this, Chelsea, during the whole time you were talking multiple times, when Chelsea was speaking about how, you know, just choosing everything that looks so easy and is like the easiest route and is like, you're a goddess and you're flowing, my life can look that way to people. And Chelsea has been pointing, yeah, my my Chelsea, (laughs) Chelsea (laughs) has been pointing out to me how much I do. And I bring this up because it very much can look like in my life that all I do is like hang out by the river and like cook food and hang out with my baby and go on trips. It's not true at all. All these things that you see from the podcast to the membership, to the courses, to my home, to the meals, to the baby, to the relationship, all of the content of the work that I do continuous on the back end. Also, I it is now more of my natural way of being. So I want to remind people that you are allowed to build your own natural way of being too. And sometimes we can see an illusion online of something that looks very easy because it it is their natural flow. Like it is me being in alignment that my work looks easy. If anyone else were to do my job, I think they would lose their mind in a day. Chelsea will wake up in the morning (laughs) and she'll voice note me back at like maybe 9 a.m. And I'm like, got my whole to-do list done. When we were in Mount Shasta together, I think she was like waking up early and she got up at 8.30 and she comes downstairs and I've mapped out my whole life. I got my client work done. (laughs) And... I just want to remind people that that doesn't have to be a reality of like being this like way of working. My point is that your own alignment and your own getting into the flow of things 
is created by you. You have to start the momentum. And so a big thing for me in this season of growing up is also finally setting like a system and setting up structure and setting up um, less of a schedule and more of my week. Each day has a theme. So it's like Monday is like an admin day and it's a Lila focused day. So I am doing admin in the morning and then I'm full mom mode later on. Uh, I have two days a week that are creation days. So knowing that, okay, I drop Lila off at this time and then I pick her up at this time. Um, I'll meet her and go have lunch with her. But for these chunks, I am working on creating things and being in this work mode. And, you know, I think just finally feeling safe also to like set schedules and be okay doing that. Chelsea and I are both two women who like resisted schedules for a very long time. And I know in our culture, in our society right now, it's very pushed on you that your productivity and like getting the most done and getting it all done has nothing to fucking do with that. What do you want to do? Who do you want to be? What is the life that you want to live? Because in all actuality, I love my business. I don't think people realize how much I do on the back end or like everything that goes into it. Um, but it is my pride and joy and my first baby. And so now balancing that with being like a real mom now, it takes intention and it takes focus and it takes work. The same way if like you have a nine to five corporate job or you are a full-time stay-at-home mom, no matter what you are doing, it takes intention in your day for the focus to get everything done. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I have so many things to say, <laughs> but first of all, like, Marissa is the queen of following through. That has been like such an expansive thing for me to see as her friend, because that's the part I have struggled with for so long. You know, being, being so passionate about nutrition, nourishment, that's what I talk about, blah, blah, blah. My food is pretty dialed in. That's the thing that I really like fully focused on and mastered for years. It took me years. And so that part's easy for me. And I think it's funny because that's the part that I teach. That's the part that I think a lot of people probably see me doing and are like, oh, it just looks so easy for her. It's not as easy for me. I put a lot of work into it. It's just become easy because I've been doing it for so long. And so for me in this Virgo season, in this like growing up era, me and Marissa always talk about we're kind of in right now. It's actually like, my financial wellness, my business's wellness, because I told you guys, I gave myself probably two years or so of just letting myself like flail and just do whatever the hell I wanted. <laughs> and I will tell you too, I'm a Sagittarius, Gemini rising. I'm a manifesting generator. I was that person who said that stuff's not for me. Discipline, structure, schedules, blah, blah, blah is not for me because that's just not who I am. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm supposed to be popping all over the place. I, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm supposed to be free traveling, doing all these things. And I just want you to know that if you're believing that story as well, you can change it. It may not be true for you. And that's coming from someone who like really thought that was true for me and really thought that like the stars were telling me that'll never be me, right? So really letting myself like do all the things, basically fuck off for like two years and just have no structure. But like I said, no intention. It really helped me see where I need 
kind of what I call it is like containment. So I was almost so far on the feminine side that I was just like, we flowing free, all the things. And the thing about feminine energy is it is so flowy and like an ocean, it takes no form. But we also have a masculine energy in us too. It's what creates like the harmony of the two energies. And so understanding that I was really lacking in some of this like masculine energy, some of this intention, some of this containment, almost thinking of like borders, right? Thinking of if you took a scoop of the ocean in a cup and the cup is the masculine energy, the containment. And really that allows me to still be in my feminine and flow and be free and have the freedom because freedom is really like the most important thing for me. And having that containment allows me to be free. It allows me to be more free, but also staying with my intention, with my vision, with my goals. And from a nervous system perspective, regulated. In like polyvagal theory, which is a theory around the nervous system, they believe that there's this thing called your window of tolerance. And when you come out of your window of tolerance, that's when we get into these like really dysregulated states. And you can kind of think of like the, the boundaries of your window of tolerance are kind of like that, that containment, keeping you, keeping you flowing and undulating and, you know, feeling all the things, but staying within this, these boundaries where you're able to regulate yourself. You're able to keep moving the needle, right? And if we get dysregulated, it's okay. If we come outside the containers, it's okay because we know how to come back. We know how to regulate and come back. So for this Virgo season, you know, seeing the way Marissa does things, seeing where I'm not um, feeling safe, contained, um, the freedom that I want, really not seeing the freedom that I want in certain areas of my life has really helped me just focus on, okay, what do I need to do to start following through? So following through has been a huge one for me. Um, and, you know, that came with me realizing I do need a, a schedule. I do need some structure. I do need to um, have working hours and maybe batching my content a little bit. Like I was so against batching content for years because I'm like, no, I just let it come as a download from the universe. And that's when I post and it, the numbers don't matter and blah, 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 blah. And that's great. If you want to live that way, that's great. But guess what? There's also like very little intention or like forward motion on a goal. When we live that way, it's a beautiful way to live, but we're not really moving towards a goal. We're like, so not contained and so not um, on a path, on a journey towards our goals that we're just, again, flailing around, <laughs> just like sharing downloads from the, or from the universe. And it's like, but if you have a bigger vision for your life, if you want to actually like impact people, if you want to do service on this world, make this world a better place, you got to have goals. You got to have structure. You got to have a, um, a direction. You want to get directional. That's what is so huge here for me. Right. And so on top of just being more structured in my work life, also getting really structured in my money budgets, like really looking at the money, looking at the numbers, where am I spending? Where's the money going? And also, is it that I'm spending too much on certain things? Yeah, probably. Let's figure out why that's happening. And also maybe I, maybe I need more money. Maybe I need to create systems where I'm creating more money because maybe there's not enough. 
for my like basic necessities and just getting really real on myself on just all the Virgo things, organization, cleaning my house, getting my house more in order, making the dang sourdough bread I've said I was going to make for years, you know, just getting, getting into this grown up, just directional energy. I guess that's the best way I could put it. No, it's like hot. hot. Yes. And I love all of that. And I was giving for anyone who is only listening audio, I was <laughs> throwing hands, just throwing excitement at all of this. Uh, and yeah, during Virgo season, I was just uh, messaging Courtney in the tall grass about, you know, she was saying about how she was like really feeling this Virgo new moon. And I was like, baby, I downloaded a budgeting app. Like I am, you know what I mean? And I want to point out too, that when Chelsea said that, you know, I am like queen of follow through, I have not always been that way. That is a very like new thing within maybe like the past two, two and a half years. And what that came down to, and I teach all of this in my course, Go Get Em Goddess. The whole course is based around getting the fuck out of your own way and into your power. And it's all based around, really this mindset of like just doing it doing it and doing the thing that you dream of and you know really this idea of we overcomplicate our own happiness we overcomplicate our own joy we overcomplicate making money and one of the pieces in mine and Chelsea's course that I'm most excited about one of the pre-sale bonuses is a master class that I'm doing on being a money-making mama and I actually just can't wait for Chelsea. I think I'm going to have her do it with me while uh, she's visiting. But yes. my, I had a conversation and I want to save it for the masterclass. So I won't go too much into it. But Chelsea was speaking to me about her money story. And when I tell you, I sent back a voice note that pretty much shifted it and changed it right then. We overcomplicate it. And when you allow yourself to simply be open to just the realization and the power of, okay, I need to bring more money in. Like, I don't have a spending issue. I don't have a budgeting issue. It, the big problem is an income issue. And, you know, we can, you know, hold our signs up and be the politically correct people and blame the government and all these things. Or we can honor that, know that there's some truth to that and know that the power is ultimately in our hands. So with Virgo season, really, again, not only taking these things and, you know, setting up systems in your home and habit stacking. If you haven't read the book, Atomic Habits, it's such a great book around this topic. Amazing. Um, yeah. Amazing. And for, <laughs> for all my mamas, <laughs> there's an audio book and it's so good. And, you know, really setting up systems in your life that support ease in your life and you know something I teach is the future self 15 and it's this quantum leaping manifestation technique of asking yourself morning and night can I set a timer for 15 minutes and I'm going to take these 15 minutes and do something my future self will thank you for thank me for and so a perfect example of that too is talking to Chelsea about this is like think about when your car is like running on e like you are almost out of gas and you're on your way home and you're like well I can make it home or I can stop and get gas. And it's like, well, I don't want to get out of the car. Like, I just want to go home. And it's like, but I know tomorrow when I get in this car and I see that my car is on E, I'm, your nervous system gets fucked. People don't realize the smallest shifts 
create the grounding energy in your life. And, you know, for Virgo system or Virgo season, it's really creating these systems that are supporting yourself, mind, body, soul. So again, the budgeting apps, Chelsea choosing to, you know, really step up in business, house and home. And, you know, a lot of us right now, when we just focus on, because Virgos are also like an earth sign. So for me, it really felt this energy of like calling us back home to ourselves instead of like future tripping and being like, well, I can be happy when I do this and I can like finally feel fulfilled when I do this or, oh, I'll do love yourself mama first when I reach this goal or when I do this or I'll do it later. What if you were to get really fucking present with yourself? Like what if maybe for the first time ever you got really grounded in your own life of like no longer distracting, no longer putting yourself off, no longer putting everyone else first, no longer using other people as a distraction. And you got really honest about where your life is out of order because you're not creating order. Yes, Mike freaking drop. <laughs> Chelsea said, I've loved my one-on-one -on -one call. Thank you for this. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but something else I wanted to say about the like queen of follow through is something that Chelsea and I were speaking about last time we were in Mount Shasta together. And I had a situation happen and it was a couple situations happening back to back to back to back where I realized how much, and Chelsea really mirrored this back to me, how good of a place that I'm in, in the sense of, I really don't let outside people or things shake me anymore. I don't let outside things or people shake me anymore. I'm solid in like who I am as a person and what I want to do. I pretty much go and do it. Love yourself first mama was an idea that we came up with just a couple weeks ago. And then I think I texted her. I was like, Hey, here's my idea. This is, I'm going to launch the pre-sale page. This is what we're going to do. And, you know, I think that people have this idea that when they decide to choose themselves, when they decide to, you know, show up for this work, whether it's nervous system work, healing work, whatever it is, whatever you identify with. I always say that self-help is a gateway drug to spirituality, uh, which we can talk about that in another time. But I started my journey also just on like a self-help journey. I had gone through a really bad breakup and I was all out of sorts and I didn't know what to do. And I bring all this up because I want to point out that my life now compared to when I started all of this is so radically different. And the moment that you believe that there can just be a slightly different outcome, there can be a slightly different narrative or story, like everything gets to change if you just literally hold space for just something different just something different, not trying to like label it of like, oh, I'm going to make $50,000 this month. And my, I'm finally going to manifest the one. And you know, oh my God, I'm finally going to manifest my dream house. When you have like $10 in the bank, you're like this $77 is going to fuck me up. I'm going to invest. And I want literally me. <laughs> I, I just want to remind you guys that all it takes is you being open to something different. Because I know that a lot of the time in this work and how I started creating my courses and get really involved in this is I felt like I was taking courses and there was no real answer. There was no real like groundwork. There was no tangible steps. And I want to remind you guys that we are creating Love Yourself First Mama and we have created the work that we have together 
for women to feel safe to choose themselves and to really feel safe in their body, to listen to their body and trust their body and to really come home to yourself, to create a life you love and be someone you love. And with mothers in mind and women who wish to be mothers, that to know that like you're safe to choose. You don't need anyone else to choose you first in order to feel worthy of being chosen. You are step one. Your mental shift, your ownership of self, of being the adult, this is step one. Absolutely. It's really funny because you were just saying like choose yourself. And I actually wrote a love letter to myself yesterday. It was like a little exercise that I did because um, I have been feeling also with this like Virgo energy that this theme of like self-love is something I need to revisit. And I didn't even think it was something that I needed to revisit. But now that I am, I'm like, wow, I see why now. And, you know, we had that conversation yesterday about self-love being like at the root of discipline. And I, that was like a light bulb moment for me. And anyways, in my, so I decided to write this love letter to myself and, you know, I've never done anything like that. It feels kind of silly. Right. But I was like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to see what comes out. And something that I kept repeating, because I was kind of just letting myself write whatever, was choose yourself, choose yourself, like finally choose yourself. And so I don't know if that sounds like something that would help you, maybe that's somewhere you can start right now, literally after listening to this is write yourself a love letter. Maybe it's recording yourself for a second too, um, if you don't like to write. So just so that you have that reminder that you can look at every day of why you're doing all these things that we just talked about. Because I, I do know that, you know, her and I both mentioned it's, it's taken us a while to get to where we are. Or, you know, she said she hasn't been someone who follows through all the time. Um, that's been like a shift she made two years ago or in the last few years. And now it's really become solid and something she's mastered. And, you know, the same thing for nutrition for me, it's something that I've mastered. Right. And you can just start with these little things to start showing your nervous system, to start showing your body that you're here, you're devoted, you're ready to start making a, a change, making a difference. So starting just really small like that is just so much more powerful too, because it doesn't sound like this huge new thing you have to try, right? It's actually way simpler than we make it seem. And, and in this course that we're creating together too, because it did take us time to get to where we are today. This is why we're so passionate about this work because now we're showing you and we're, we're teaching you and we're explaining and sharing what we did to get here. And, and so it's not maybe as long as a journey for you as it maybe was for us, or maybe it is maybe the, the road back to coming home to yourself and that whole entire journey is so new to you that maybe it needs to be kind of like a longer journey. Maybe it needs to be this really impactful, beautiful journey that is completely unique to you. And really the, the main intention I know that I have with so much of my work, and I'm sure Marissa does too, is, is just reconnecting you with you, coming home to yourself. Like she said, it's, it's not so much us giving you the step-by-step -step all the time for everything. It's teaching you how to listen into your intuition and your soul of what your body needs. Yes. And 
something that I really love reminding people because ultimately all of this work from nourishment to nervous system to, you know, my courses, all of it, it's all self-love and self-love is a journey. It's not a destination. It's not you wake up one day and the work is done. Self-love and living this way and creating a life you love, being someone you love, radiantly living as I call it, it is a daily practice and devotion of showing up as someone you love the same way of like when you're first dating with someone and there's butterflies and you kind of think about things a little deeper and you're like, Oh, well, I want to impress them. Like I want to feel good. All these things. Like when you bring that flirty, joyful energy to your life, to self, it's so powerful. And, you know, for anyone who, you know, you feel like you're in the same position of Chelsea, where it's like, you know, self-love is something, oh, I didn't know I needed to work on, but listening to this, you're like, oh yeah, I definitely do. I want you to start viewing your relationship with self as a separate entity, the same way you do with like a partner. So making space for it, making time for it. And, you know, that is why I'm so passionate about getting up earlier. I mean, fuck, if you're a night, I will stay up late. I mean, if that like serves your journey, honor it. Cool. Love that. I'm not a nighttime owl. It hits 8 p.m. and baby is on the pillow talk, talking to Chelsea in my sleep. So, (laughs) (laughs) so really just remembering that of like not being because yes we're with ourselves all day but how much are you intentionally focusing on self how often are you intentionally checking in with self and just bringing that power back to self and reminding yourself that the most powerful thing you can do in your life for your children for your job for your lover for your family the whole nine yards the most powerful thing you could do is make sure that you are being your most fulfilled true self. Like your child, your soul child, your spirit baby chose you in this life for you, not for who you would let yourself go and become. Your partner in this life fell in love with you for a reason, for being you, not for you to throw yourself out the window and to only tend to them. It is trained to us and conditioned on us as women in society that we need to like be selfless. And that does not mean losing yourself. That does not mean losing yourself. It never makes you more lovable to be agreeable. It never makes you more lovable to not have a version of self and to make space for self. So Chelsea and I can't wait for all of the beautiful, beautiful women in Love Yourself First Mama. And this has been such a beautiful conversation as always, Chelsea. I love you deeply. Chelsea will be here in just a couple of days. And I'm Woo! very so excited. I Every said time. I wanted go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I said I wanted to go to Tahoe on our last Shasta trip. I was like, I really want to go to Tahoe. And she was like, done, manifested, come to my house. <laughs> so it is happening. Yeah. And honestly, we've spoken, Chelsea really hyped me up a couple of times on this podcast, but going back to that, I used to be someone who was very indecisive. I used to have to over plan and overthink it. And, you know, I just started embracing like, what if I just did what felt good? What if I did what felt good? And I didn't wait for my ego or fear to talk me out of it. And what if it didn't have to make a lot of sense? And that doesn't mean we go out of our way and like get ourselves in credit card debt and go book all these trips and do something stupid. That's not what I'm saying. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, well, I can't just quit my job and go do this. Nobody's asking you to quit your job. But how you show up at that job and your mindset and your mentality around that money coming in can definitely change. And how you show up when you're getting ready for work and what you 
you do after work and on your weekends is totally something different. I mean, as small as I was thinking about what to get Lila for her birthday and I found myself getting so stressed out about it, but I knew I wanted to get her a bouncy house, but I was just like, I just don't know where I'm going to put it. Well, I live in a pretty big fucking house. I can literally figure out somewhere to put it. So within eight minutes, I just bought it. And I said, why am I stressing myself out? Why mm-hmm. am I stressing myself out? And that goes down for small things too, though, like having a conversation with a friend that you need to have, like just communicating more with people that you love them. Like you feel like you want to express more love and you're wanting to make these changes in your life. Stop hesitating and literally just start taking more action in your life. Amen. Amen to all of that. And I'm so excited for our trip. It's about five days away or something like that. And it's going to be amazing something like that. Okay. Well, we love you guys so much. Everything we mentioned will be listed down below. Chelsea, as always, thank you so much for being here. I love you deeply. Thank you guys so much.